it's very hard to make content that's going to reach fewer people because my ultimate goal isn't money it's reaching more people and the, the and that's not like a like a selfless thing because the ultimate value the ultimate currency is not money it's attention this is creative disruption the intersection where entertainment data and creativity meet here's your host ricky ray butler and daryl leaves Hey, welcome everyone to the Creative Disruption Disruption Podcast. Uh, we are really excited because we have the OG Hank Green with us. Ricky, do you want to do a quick little intro, real quick? Whoa, where do I start? Um, Hank is the pioneer and the OG of the creator space. Um, he was one of the first that I can remember um, when I was starting out. Uh, when I when I started Plaid, you know, 12 years ago and Hank and John and you had the Michael Buckley's of the world. Yep. And 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 the, 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 that was like the, you know, <laughs> you had, you had like Ryan Higa. Had, that, that was like the early days where things were just climbing mm-hmm. and were, um, catching interest um, um, from my perspective, you know, the brand perspective. And, and so Hank, you know, he, um, you know, has a variety of channels now, but he first you first started out Hank with the Vlog Brothers, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then um, from there, Hank also co-founded VidCon and has just done a lot of stuff to really elevate the space. And 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 it was a huge game changer and influence on um, to where we are today with the, the diversification, decentralization of content. Um, it all started with these this first group of YouTubers, and now it's across the planet where you have. Over 200 platforms that are relevant in China right now that have a lot of influencers or what they call KOLs and and the, to the Instagram and TikTok and Twitch. It's uh, it's great to have you, Hank. Thank you so much for making time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for the brief intro. Sometimes I forget about all the things that have happened. It's been a long time now, you know, 15 years yeah. in the business. And so uh, I often get surprised by uh, people telling me things that I've done. So back back then, like I I love uh you know, I'm still friends with a lot of the people from from back in those days. And I, I love mm-hmm. like thinking about how simple and fun it was. It it was really, really simple back then. Uh, uh Ricky and I were both attendees at uh VidCon one and we were just mm-hmm. in that first little group there. Mm-hmm. And I just and remember one of my first this clients is something big. Yeah. <laughs> this is gonna be something big, you know. You're like, Oh yeah, you're all here, you know, and it was just like <laughs> and it's seen how just VidCon itself grew. But yeah. what I was really impressed with was how how quickly the creator grew, you know, and and was able yes. to say, "Wow, this is a huge, huge uh, business opportunity," um, which is you know what we have today. Yeah, well, it, it, yeah. You can go, Ricky. Oh yeah, you know, eighty eight percent of the content on YouTube right now is creator content. Yeah, and so if you compare that to all the SVODs, the streaming awards across Netflix, Amazon, Hulu. And all of tel- television combined, that's a fraction of what's just on YouTube. And then it's also way bigger than just YouTube now as well with the rise of TikTok and, and Facebook. Yeah, yeah, I, I, and Twitch. And, you know, yeah. like there have been a lot of other platforms as well over the years. Some have come, kind of come and gone a little bit. But I, I uh, and, and another really important piece of that is like, first, we forget and ever, no one ever puts it on the freaking graph. But YouTube is the second biggest uh, 
um, piece of content on Certainly. television. Um, yeah. No, the second biggest search engine, also the second biggest uh, after Netflix um, video streaming platform for TV, which like I use it for TV all the time, but it feels like it's not like I, I get like stuck and we like in the like my brain being from, you know, 2014 or 2010. And I forget that like mobile and TV are such huge parts of how YouTube works. But of course, that's also how I watch YouTube. So it's not a surprise. Um, yeah, it's huge. And and a ton of that stuff that's being watched on TV is cre like independent creators rather than, you know, what we consider like the Jimmy Fallon's of the world. And mm -hmm. I've, I've talked to people at YouTube and and they don't tell you, they won't tell you the exact percentage of what is more sort of user generated. It's what we used to call it. And what is mm -hmm. more the traditional legacy media stuff. But it they will openly say that it's the majority of the stuff that is viewed on the platform as well as the majority of the stuff that is on the platform. Because of course, that's those are two very different things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, um, my first member of you, Hank, um, I was starting a, comp a company called Plaid back yeah. in the day, mm -hmm. social apps. And um, my first interaction with you was a huge surprise to me because back then when I'd go around to all the different creators and say, hey, we have an opportunity to collaborate with the brand, immediately people were just bought and sold and <laughs> excited. They're, yes, this will be my first brand integration of all time, my first sponsor. I've been waiting for this day. I can now monetize. I go to Hank Green and you're like, uh, no. <laughs> and I was really like, shocked. Like my mind was blown. And like internally at our company, we called you and John the YouTube purists. Yeah. Um, you know, it was not into um, sponsorships or collaborative brands back then. Because I think that was like one of the, I mean, I, I, if, I, if I understand that you guys reached a consensus with your audience of, Mm -hmm. what you guys should do in that area, et cetera. And, I, and you've, you've expanded since. You have a variety yeah. of channels. Yeah. I'd love to see where you've come from from that perspective and where you are now. Yeah, so I've been a very slow adopter of um, external systems of monetization. And that even goes back to AdSense. Like YouTube's original product for advertising was a, a pop-up overlay. Um, so it's just like, the would they still have this, the little banner that pops up over the, over the video? And there, that was before a, like pre-rolls existed at all. And so that was the only way that you made money with the original YouTube partner program. And then when they launched pre-rolls, we didn't put pre-rolls on the Vlogbrothers channel for like eight years after they launched pre-rolls. So that's how apprehensive we are about monetization. Traffic. We don't like money. We don't need money. Well, that's not it. That's not it. Outside of our control. So like the th like things that we aren't, like that we don't control and that we don't understand and that like isn't our idea, we're really apprehensive about. So like when it's coming externally, then we're like, oh, I wouldn't, I don't want to. And I think this is a good idea in business in general is when an idea hits you from outside, you got to be a lot more skeptical than an idea that comes from your heart and from, and from your mind and from your personal experience. And so when, when these, like when brand deals came along, I was like, okay, so, so what you're asking for is you want, the value that I have created, that is the relationship between me and my audience, which is the most valuable thing that I have. It's the only valuable thing that I have in many ways. And, uh, you know, certainly back then, before I had like any money. Uh, and and then, uh, so you're, you're asking me to like convert that into dollars. Is that, for, first of all, what idea does that give me that, that maybe I didn't have that idea before that might be more interesting than doing that. And second, like, is it actually gonna be worth it? And I maintain that every time one of my audience, like a member of my audience watches a pre-roll, value is lost. 
because it's the ad rates are so low. Like they're they're higher now. And like, maybe we're getting up to the point where it's like worth their time, but it's people's time. And like, they're spending that time for me and I should be respectful of that. And so I still feel a little bit like pre-rolls are just like a, like they're, they're a weight on my audience that I should not be putting around their necks. But it's much more interesting to ask, okay, so if like, you know, if Ricky wants to bring me a brand deal to work with Carl's Jr., which I think was like one of the very first brand deals of, of all of you. <laughs> um, then like what, like if, if Carl's Jr. wants access to my audience and that's valuable enough for them to pay for, how could I get that value out in a way that isn't extractive, but is also like, but, but like is really focused on my audience particularly, not just like people who live nearby a Carl's Jr., but my audience, who they are, what they're like. And instead, like, make my own brand that I ha can have my own brand deal for. And that is actually where VidCon came from. So VidCon very much was like my, I had two, two problems in my head. One, I didn't feel comfortable selling brand deals for other people. And two, I assumed that I would be irrelevant within the next five years because that was ha uh, happening to a lot of YouTubers already. And now, <laughs> now I want to stop you okay. really quick right there. Like that, that mindset, not a lot of creators have, I think they're going to be on top of the world forever and that just kind of goes to validate hey you're thinking a lot further ahead because you're seeing some patterns yeah. that are there yeah i mean i was 30 years old too by that time so i i had been through business like i was always the old guy in the room um and i'm still the old guy in the room uh <laughs> even though a lot of people are now in their 30s uh because i've continued to get older which is a little frustrating <laughs> <laughs> The yeah, the, and so I I had witnessed how businesses had worked before. I'd also been so like there were a lot of inputs that helped me figure out how to actually make a conference slash convention, which is having been to a bunch, you know, everything from anime conventions, right. Harry Potter conventions, to actually business things. Like I was a journalist for a while, so I went to like conventions for for that business, um, and. So I like there were a lot of inputs that that made it possible for me to start VidCon, but like the reason why I wanted to, absolutely, I did not think that we would be able to hold on to the thing we have though, which is weird, um, and is a testament I think to both our like uh, a, a bit a bit of foresight and like uh, and, and how we imagine it being focused on sustainability, but also it is a testament to like the coolness of our audience <laughs> just like how supportive yeah. they are no i thought it was a really really big play and i think um there's one thing that really resonates well and if any content creators watching this any brands watching this is what what hank was talking about but you have to be authentic and true um whatever you say you gotta do mm -hmm. um like I, I do a lot of work with mr beast and he was signing merchandise and I, it's just insane what he does mm -hmm. and he says this will be the last time i ever sign a shirt it's just never going to happen again yeah. i said it's going to be that happen that way and that's the way it's going to be yeah but that's i think the a, a big indicator there's a lot of people that feel like you sell out when you do something to bring revenue in and in the early days of youtube that was the way to sell out is hey you have you're running ads you're, you're selling money out. at all you know, yeah <laughs> well there, was yeah. The, there were a couple, it's, it's, a couple of youtube events before vidcon that that were free and, and but sponsored and even this even being free but sponsored was sort of like lambasted as, as sell out. being a sellout and so we got in like at, at the perfect time where people were sort of like oh i think it makes sense to set, to like buy a ticket to this thing yeah. And I think the difference is, is I think as the 
ecosystem of the viewers changed and they, mm -hmm. they realized, oh, this is the livelihood, you know, and we see all the different revenue streams from here. Now, a lot of viewers are celebrating when the creators actually do get a brand deal. They're celebrating when right. they can mm -hmm. actually have merchandise to buy or an event to go to or meet up. Right. Because, hey, that's better access. And as they make more money and as they're more sustainable, they can actually do more what they love to do, which is creating content for, for the viewer. Yeah. yeah. It goes back to one word. I think it goes back to the word empowerment. Hmm. Yeah. You're empowering rather than disturbing. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And I think yeah. that's the same when it comes to merch or when it comes to events. If it's something that's empowering the content or empowering the creator and the creator's community, yeah, that's really what it comes down to. Um, I mean, we're, we're seeing a really phenomenal thing right now as a, as, 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 as a planet where there's more art and content mm -hmm. today than there ever have been in the history yeah. of, of, of this planet, as well as more self-sustaining artists. Yep. And, and um, that can be fueled and stimulated with, you know, whether it's, you know, merch dollars or brand dollars or uh, other revenue uh, mm -hmm. paths, um, as long as it makes it so the content creator can create. So both the, the, the audience and the content creator and whoever else is participating is all happy with the end result. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that's why I loved the early days of YouTube because anyone could literally broadcast themselves. That was the tagline <laughs> for, for YouTube. And they could actually say, hey, I have a desire to make certain things, certain videos. I remember one uh, creator that I still love to this day is Freddie Wong. I mean, he was oh, doing yeah. stuff. I'm like, how did you do that? That's yeah. so cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, the 360 scope is so funny. And, mm -hmm. you know, we just so engaging. And what I notice right now is there's a new evolution of these content creators now. I mean, I look at, you know, short form content like TikTokers and people that are creating uh, YouTube shorts, which they are now and, mm -hmm. and you know, some stuff on Instagram. Uh, it's giving them a little bit more control to say, okay, here's a new way to deliver uh, creativity. What, what do you got with it? And I'm seeing some of the most engaging thing. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm yeah. spending more time on TikTok than any other I know. Right it's now. really good. Yeah. Right. And I think that like there is a there's the story is much clearer now. You know, we've watched it happen enough times that we can sort of get on board in a way that we couldn't when there was no story. So so in those early days, it was it was easy to sort of like think like, well, you're you're not. You, you, the, the story that you have established was go, was like, I love to make content for you. And now the story appears to be, I want to get rich. And like, that's a different story than you were telling. And and it, right. it's like, it's easy to sort of like juxtapose it to the original thing. And it's, uh, I was in the punk scene when I was a youth. And so this is all very familiar. This wasn't like, this wasn't like coming out of left field for me. So the, like watching, and, and, and now it's not about, it, because you could you could juxtapose it from like this is about passion and about what I love and I just want to make stuff for you and then it was like oh well then why are you making all this money and it's like you have to like hide that and the more you hid it the worse it seemed and the worse right. you were you were at it whereas now what we've what we've realized is that like this isn't about getting rich for almost everyone. You know, some people certainly are getting rich, but for almost all creators, this is about like having a sustainable job and paying rent and buying diapers and like having a life. And and because online video and and the entire you know passion economy of the internet really lends it doesn't lend itself to consolidation. It lends itself to this fracturing where like you know I have my like 
top five favorites and you may have never heard of them, that we ended up in this world where uh, instead of getting a billionaire, we get a thousand millionaires. And like, that's just way better. It's so it's much better to get a thousand millionaires than a billionaire. And that's like literally the same amount of money. So that like, this is the, and, and like, like, and even beyond that, you can get like a, you know, a hundred, hundred thousand heirs, um, which is like really where like, I think the passion economy is headed, which is a lot of people making pretty good livings. And that's actually really exciting. And a story that yeah, people, I, people who are following can get behind and be excited about. I That's what I do love is there are more people making more money now on YouTube than ever before. And not just because the CPMs are higher. It's just become, you know, an aged platform that it makes sense. Like the, the, the viewers already accustomed to watch that ad. Yep. You know, they've already had all that, yeah. all that time before that. <laughs> so they're already used to it. And then, you know, they should just all upgrade to premium because then you don't have to worry about those ads. But really I, I think at the end of the day is when someone can discover their passion. And like, I, I have a, a channel that I, I help out. There's a guy from my community. He's has a tow truck company mm -hmm. and he just records his rescues. And that's what he puts on, on, on YouTube. I mean, he's getting hundreds of thousands of people, yeah. you know, every day, you know, watching his content, you mm -hmm. know, he, I think he got 17 million views last month. And it's just like, he's able, he's able to just show yeah. that side of his business uh -huh. and there's an audience for it. Yeah. And I can tell you right now, the money he made last month compared to what he made last year in his towing company, it's a pretty impressive, you know, to to go from here. Yeah. Uh putting content on YouTube, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That's that's wild and also unsurprising because I watch it like that all the time. And I'm like, how did I get here? But I like it. And so much of yeah. YouTube is this really, it's it's a really high quality experience now. And it's harder to make content sometimes, you know, depending on what you're doing. But uh, but it's amazing that we figured out ways to create uh, community, like like content that can actually build a community around it. That right. is of comparable quality to a lot of television. Is oftentimes the same length as a television show. You know, you get the same 22 minutes with a lot fewer ads. And uh, and YouTube's just sort of like sitting here with. So, like, I think tr a tremendous amount of value and is getting to the point where a premium subscription makes so much sense. That, oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I really think that it's pushing up against the, you know, obviously similar value to Netflix. But I think a lot of people sort of put it in a different category and don't realize how truly valuable this space is. Well, I just, I, I see people all the time. They already have the YouTube music. I'm like, why aren't you paying two bucks more and you have premium? I'm like, come on. It's just like, yeah. go for it. But I, I think that, I think the issue is um, there's, there's something that YouTube's done and whether it was uh, a drunk mistake that Chad had when he was the CEO of, of YouTube, uh, which <laughs> he claimed that it was, and, hey, we're going to share money with our yeah. creators. Um, but it was, I think that was the, yep. the golden era of really sustaining YouTube as the player that mm -hmm. would tackle everything in entertainment because yeah. now we're sharing revenue and that's where I was coming back down to, you know, some of these new platforms. Why does it take them so long to figure out a way to monetize for creators? You know, um, yeah, we have this little TikTok fund for creators and you can make $3 for 3 million views or whatever it is. You know, it's just like, <laughs> that's the data. model that you have to, 
Yeah, you have to it's more like $150 for $3 million of views. Oh, okay. It's just so, $150. So it's, <laughs> so it's, it's pathetic, but I want to make clear how pathetic it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I have actually, like, I have somehow made, uh, like, thousands of dollars on TikTok. Um, but if I gotten those, but I, I, so I have made the same amount of money from all of my TikToks on which I've gotten hundreds of millions of views at this point, as I made from one YouTube video that got 2 million views. So it is, it is different. I think there are reasons that it's different. And, and, of course. Uh, and, yeah. and I'm, and I'm not answering your question right now. I'm talking about the, the mechanics of TikTok, but like the, uh, something that's really very important, I think for TikTokers to also understand is that, uh, a, a view of a TikTok is just not that valuable compared to the a view of a YouTube video and not because of CPMs. It's because it takes up less cognitive space. It ends very quickly. Um, it, it, uh, it's short. Uh, it's, you know, and a follow is worth less, a view is worth less. And just because of like, you know, actual metrics of like amount of time and amount of engagement. But uh, I think that the creator fund is definitely a good step. Uh, and, and also, Maybe on a, like it wasn't necessary. It didn't seem to me when they launched the Creator Fund that it was necessary. And maybe it was a response to like th this, like tr this weird, like we're gonna ban TikTok, Donald Trump well, stuff. Do you? Have I, I think it there? was necessary. Okay. I really do think it was necessary. And the reason why is because the motivation to get better content, to get content creators right. that say, "Hey, hey, I make YouTube content," and and they're probably the most skilled at grabbing people's attention in those those few seconds that you have. Yep. And it's just motivating them, hey, this is a business opportunity. Because some of them were getting ridiculous amount of uh, sponsorship deals. They're like, well, we don't care about TikTok and they'll do whatever on TikTok. But I think it's more about um, a smart play that anyone that, that relies on a content creator to actually bring value to the platform they mm -hmm. have to they, they have to monetize. There's just yeah. no just ands and buttons. Well, I guess I, I mean it in the sense that like Instagram doesn't do that, and Instagram's okay because I, I, Instagram influencers. Oh, I said the word influencer. Um, <laughs> you know, hey, we'll we, get brand deals. We, we're forced to sometimes. Yeah, uh, and and like t I I know a lot of TikTokers who are getting brand deals in the like twenty to thirty dollars CPM range, and I'm like, this is. This is a completely viable business with or without the creator fund. And for those people who who have millions of followers on TikTok, the creator fund is nice, but it's in no way anything like the majority of their income. The income's coming from brand deals. I don't know how well established brand or how well brand deals are doing on TikTok. I'm actually running some next week, so uh, yeah. for a, for a new thing that I'm doing, so I, I will uh, get a little bit of direct insight there. But yeah. Um, I, but, but I, I, you know, with Instagram, who, which, you know, is, I guess through its marketplace, it's creating an economic ecosystem, but without any actual revenue sharing. Um, and I think it's, I think it's complicated. And I think like figuring out exactly what the mechanism of it's going to be is also complicated. So like, I don't have a pre-roll run on my, uh, on my TikTok. And whereas YouTube is like, here is the money that you are responsible for. It's your pre-roll and it's your sidebar ad. And like, you made this money for us and we're going to share that money with you. Whereas TikTok doesn't have that direct relationship. And so it has to sort of like, uh, which, which in a way is kind of more egalitarian because 
on t on YouTube, I get really high CPMs because I make educational content and it's, mm -hmm. and so like I get way more money than somebody who's making content for kids, for example. Whereas on TikTok, everybody just shares a big pool and no matter who you make content for, you make the same amount of money according to some algorithm somewhere. Yeah. Um, well, this is one of the reasons why I think YouTube's just going to continue to stay relevant is because oh, they yeah. have the most sophisticated, um, you know, a plan around monetization. And you've seen the, the Vine migration. Oh, yeah. The first, thing, now. first thing and you do. When everyone is diversifying what they're doing. They're like, okay, well, YouTube is stable. Let's yeah. go over there and create content and make increase revenues. It's not just the revenue and the stability. It's also because that's where their heroes are. Like, it's yep. like how when I was growing up, you know, Rhett and Link wanted to be on TV and uh, and like the Fine Brothers wanted to produce television shows, like and, and Grace Helbig was like in a Lowe's commercial. Like we, we wanted to be in the traditional entertainment ecosystem. They want to be in the YouTube ecosystem, and I think that there's yeah. space for them. Like it's obvious that like you know Charlie D'Amelio is doing very well on YouTube, and I'm sure making lots of money there. Yeah, I know Instagram is doing beta. Um, where they're they're doing like rev shares with different creators. Yeah. So the Facebook strategy of well, revenue sharing, where we'll pilot something for four years before we yeah. roll it out. <laughs> yeah, they need to that, jump in the right. and they need to make yeah. something happen. Someone needs to try other than Twitch. Someone needs to you know really try to compete with YouTube. And who knows? This might be one of those things as platforms start to decentralize even more in the West. It'll be interesting to see what happens now that, you know, TikTok is here to stay. And we, we've talked about this before, Daryl. You know, I, I believe, you know, with the dozens of, you know, platforms that are now trying to figure out how to come over here that have millions or billions of dollars of resources to really compete. You know, that is something that they should probably, you know, first prioritize. Like, okay, how do we have a platform that's sticky that's going to keep people there? But also, how do we incentivize content creators to prioritize our platform or their other platforms? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think it's gonna be an interesting. I like to look at where the viewers are going, and especially you know the Gen Z um, audience. I really am very particular. Uh, they don't spend much time on YouTube anymore. I mean, they they will for a little bit more longer form content, like mm -hmm. like a Laser Beam or a Mr. Beast or whatever. Mm -hmm. But they're really deep diving into TikTok, and then they're also using it as a way to create themselves. And so, not just a consumer, but a creation. That kind of that that's how YouTube started. Is just like everyone was kind of posting their own videos and you know sharing it with other people. And you know, I can look at all my DMs and messages right now. And if anyone's sending me something, it's usually a TikTok or, you know, a message or a meme from something like that. But I don't know. I think that um, that these next few years are going to be very interesting, mm -hmm. especially with uh, the culture of their viewing patterns. It's like, hey, if it, they don't get instant gratification in, you know, pretty much 30 seconds, they're going to flip on to the next one or five uh, seconds. Maybe. YouTube shorts, Hank and, and Daryl. Like, I mean, do you feel <laughs> like this is... YouTube rediscovering themselves of like that short bit content that people well, can consume as quickly as possible. I don't know that YouTube can rediscover itself because I think YouTube is a different thing now. Like I think YouTube is a long form viewing platform. I wouldn't I agree. be surprised if like shorts is useful to some people for some reasons, but like, and I think it's this is very much like like the the story of a lot of YouTube product rollouts, which is they do it and then like a tiny fraction of the total 
uh, creator base ends up really reliant on that new feature. And then they sort of have to like hold on to it forever, lest they earn the wrath of like a few thousand creators who are, or a few hundred creators who are really into that one product. Um, and that makes it really hard to develop and grow and, and innovate on a platform. Um, but what I'm what I'm starting to feel like YouTube might be a little bit more, it's a long form viewing experience. And I think that that's more appealing to you as you get older. Um, and it is a, uh, it is also, I think it is, it, it may be a TV experience. It may be kind of the free TV experience of the future where like yep. it's kind of the, uh, the antenna from when I was growing up when you didn't have cable. And, and I think that it's like, when I look at like, I, I would, I could be completely satiated in terms of my content needs with just free YouTube or with just, you know, $13 for YouTube premium. Now, the, I, I think that the, the tools for like, so here's what TikTok is bad at. And, and this is, I think more than money and maybe even more than like the story of like, I wanna be a YouTuber, like my idols were YouTubers. The thing that will pull people to YouTube and, and to other platforms, crowdfunding platforms especially, is more direct connection with your audience and a deeper connection with your audience. And I think podcasts are a big part of that as well. But when you are a TikToker and you have 2 million followers, it could all go away at any moment because you make a, right. your audience gets interested in something else. You make a string of videos that aren't very good. Um, and then like suddenly you got a ton of followers, but TikTok isn't showing it to anyone because even the, the so there's two pages on TikTok. There's the for you page and there's the following page. And the following page is just people I follow. But even if I go to the following page, there are people who I never see because like TikTok has just decided that they're not going to show that person to me anymore. I have to go actively look for them and no one does that. No one will ever do that. So being on these other platforms gives you an opportunity to have a deeper, steadier relationship. And TikTok is always going to be about user experience above everything else. And that means creator experience is always going to be secondary or even tertiary to like, you know, TikTok's own external goals. And TikTok wants to constantly be surfacing new stars. And so part of the part of what it means when you're constantly surfacing new stars is that old stars aren't being served anymore. And that's good for the dy like dynamism of the creative ecosystem there. There's and, and it's why so many people create content uh, even when they aren't getting views yet, because like TikTok has will throw you a random 10,000 views even when you aren't very big all the time. And so you get these little chiclets to keep you creating um, and maybe getting you to the point where you're making stuff that's so good that's, that you're going to actually grow an audience. Um, and, and But that means that the people who have established audiences, unless the platform keeps growing in users as fast as it has, which it can't continue that fast, it's like 100 million Americans are already using it, uh, then uh, your audience can just go away at any moment. So I've seen lots of TikTokers who want to just build a more sustainable content relationship with their audience. And YouTube is much better at that. Long form content in general is much better at that. Yeah, the so smart play is, okay, let's build. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No. <laughs> yeah, I was saying the smart play is let's build off of, like build, if you have the following on TikTok, let's quickly build it on YouTube or Instagram or both. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think live streaming will be very interesting um, um, with TikTok. Yep. We know, we know of- the live streaming um, industry is huge in China and Douyin, the sister platform to TikTok, um, also owned by ByteDance. Um, there's a lot of activity there, both with just live streaming as well as pushing product on e-commerce stores um, on, on, on Douyin. And so it's going to be really interesting to see in the West where live streaming is going to be much more prominent, much more mainstream, and also a much bigger channel for you know more content creators to, to monetize and self-sustain. I mean, yeah. as Daryl, you know, as we've seen, you know, there's a few different examples out there where you know creators have figured out live streaming outside of Twitch.tv and gaming, where they've been able to really um, become very successful. And I think that's just going to become um, even more prominent. In the coming years, and maybe that's where um, TikTok can have more of that element of connecting yep. with their audiences and having people want to tune in more consistently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, TikTok is incentivizing creators to to live stream more. I, I'm pretty sure um, with some. I haven't got gotten one of these deals, but I'm pretty sure that they give people money to live stream. It also you can earn a pretty good amount of money live streaming on TikTok, even though TikTok takes a huge cut. So you'd be much more <laughs> well served to have a Patreon than to get, you know, presence on a TikTok live stream. But, um, you know, it's all internal. And so it there's much less friction. But I think you also people do develop deeper relationships with their audience through those live streams um, and get up like pretty big audiences sometimes. Um, of, of course, it depends on who you are. Uh but yeah, like that—that that is the one way in app to create that deeper relationship. Yeah, I—I yeah. I, I find it fascinating, and I think that um, the the e-commerce is the the way of the future in all yeah. this stuff. And yeah. I want to talk about commerce mostly because um, a lot of creators they just they go in and look at the opportunities that pre-roll ad or the ads that are there or their partner programs or a creator mm-hmm. fund or even merch. And that's the extent thereof of, okay, this is our business. Instead of realizing, hey, we could do so much more, even if it's like doing your own brand like you talked about uh, earlier, but it's just yeah. like, what what does my audience need? What do they care about? And finding the things that are aligning with it and either partnering or creating that content to actually make commerce and have it be more sustainable to, to build up, to either sell off or to just mm-hmm. have go indefinitely. Yeah, I, I think that the hard part and that this is getting easier is finding the, what your product is. And for a lot of people, product is just merchandise. It's like, you know, like, and ma- and maybe I think that merchandise turns into product as it becomes um, a label, basically, like like some kind of brand that is deeper than just, um, you know, I am a fan of, of this person. Like it, Like a merch item is just like, it's the band. And it's the yep. band on the shirt, but you can go deeper than that. And like you know, Logan Paul showed how you can go deeper than that with Maverick. And um, but that's like not the first time that's ever been done. Uh, and and I think that that's I think that that's very good, but it's only one. But it's sort of, sort of like the lowest hanging fruit almost to just say, okay, I'm going to create a clothing brand, and that's like it's exciting and it's hard and it and it requires a lot of savvy. It's also easy to fail at creating a clothing brand, but there are, that, that is, that is by far not the only option available. And sometimes I think that it's like the only, it's like people see it as, oh, this is what, what we do. We gr- get an audience and then we make a clothing brand. Mm-hmm. 
Is there going to be a creator that is successful in creating their own social network? I I know there's been a couple that have tried creating video platforms. Um, One to name is is Casey Neistat with with, with (laughs) Bean. Are there going to be other attempts that are more successful? Uh, I think that you, I think that there is one that, that we forget about, which is Patreon. Oh, well, um, yeah. By Jack, Jack, Jack Conti built a social network, uh, you know, not just, of course, based on his audience, but based on lots of other people. And and it's, you know, is it a social network? Not really. Uh, but he, he, but was a, he was a creator. See, it has a community and it is used by many, many creators and uh, is a, just such a fantastic business it turned out and i think that there are opportunities like that that um but they have they have to be doing something very very different um and uh, very very different and and like even now patreon isn't that good at like having people use the platform to consume content on it's really mostly a like transaction software um and customer support you know, infrastructure. So uh, I, I, w- I wish I wish that we can sort of like get our Patreon patrons to use Patreon more, but mostly they just want to give us money so we can keep making the content. I Ricky, I do believe that uh, you'll see that, especially in the next few years. I think that the the next uh, frontier will be, uh, you know, pretty much video games. Um, and I, I do believe like, among us, like these these games where everybody can play, um, mm-hmm. you just get a few content creators that is leading their audience to that, and absolutely that could be the next. They, the next they need to align more with data scientists and the right engineers to be able to sustain it. Because I think what happens is they outsource it, and they get this. Huge yeah. Play. Well, no, I, I think what's going to happen is you're going to have keep the momentum going and to keep you know growing the audience to stay consistent over time. Right. Yeah. I think I think the difference is going to be is I think they would approach them and say okay let's partner up on this you right. know and you bring the audience we have the tech mm-hmm. you know and then that's the, a partnership made in heaven but I think the the big thing would be is they'd have to have some key players with a lot of eyeballs but to get someone to stop their routine of doing one thing mm-hmm. and going to a new platform that is that the the adoption curve is really really steep. Uh, to get that to happen. I mean, you, you look at some platforms that raised a whole bunch of money and put uh, some amazing dollars behind content and they just failed, um, you know, losing billions of dollars and it's ridiculous. <laughs> but in the reality is, is where does the eyeballs go naturally, you know, yeah. and that's going to be, that's going to be a very difficult uh, feat. However, um, I, I think Epic Games cracked the code on this. I really do. Um, I do believe just doing the free model and then you have the in-app coolness factor. Right. Um, that's, and I, I think we're going to see something even further with that, especially with, with people that have social followings. Because you imagine, hey, it, like maybe it was like the early days of Netflix when they were giving all that crazy money out, right? Of if you get, get a sign up, well, maybe that, that's going to be the video game thing. So we'll give you a percentage of anybody that you bring into our system mm-hmm. for the life that they use the system. For like the that, life. That's a game. For the life. Yes. They, like no one wants to do that because it's a tremendous amount of money. But that yeah. that is what creates a truly deeply sustainable economic ecosystem for creators is, mm-hmm. is when you say you have affiliates for life. Like for for as long yep. as the person you you referred is giving us money, you are getting a piece of that money, and I think I think that creators should be, be doing more holding out for that kind of deal and also for equity deals. 
I know that equity deals are happening. It's it's risky because like it's completely possible that like your equity is going to be worth dog shit in two years. But it, the the upside is very high. Um, but also, I, I think you shouldn't get into equity deals unless you're putting a lot uh, of your if you unless you really believe in it and you're putting a lot of your skin in the game in terms of your audience and like the actual leverage you have. So yeah, I think that's I think that's really exciting. I think that, and I think that what we're talking about right now is a is is the missed opportunity for YouTube. It's the thing that they missed. And they I don't think that they can unmiss it now because I think that they're now another streaming platform to some extent. Yeah. Um, but yeah. what they missed was you have the most influential human beings on your platform right now in the world. And what what are you gonna do with this? What are you gonna make with this? And they were like, a, a, just a just Netflix again, kind of, but free. And I'm like, boy, I'm like, this, you know, like streaming with with commerce integrated, like they're doing in China. Why not? Why isn't that a thing on YouTube? Why can't I stream and sell I, something? One hundred percent. When I sell a shirt and it says Jeff bought a shirt, and I can say thank you, Jeff. Why is that not a product inside YouTube? Why is there not a product if when I sign up for YouTube premium where I can click on five channels a month and they get extra money? Well, like, why isn't that a built-in and, and like, and it tells everybody when I comment on their video that they're one of the five channels a month that I chose. Like, why isn't there a way for me to tip with my YouTube premium money in addition to, you know, it just counting the, the a number of minutes that I'm watching? Because I don't want my YouTube premium money to go to some like, car crash compilation that I got sucked into. I want my premium money to go to <laughs> and like people who are working their ass off making great videos that actually enrich my life. So like all that, I just think it's such a huge missed opportunity that, that they didn't like invite creators into and, and in the process of all of this, give us tools to make a ton of fucking money. So we'll use and encourage other people to use these products. If YouTube print, like YouTube premium probably makes me uh, like 150% to 200% of what an ad ad supported view makes me, which is inexcusable. That should, it should yep. be, it should be 10 X at least. And if it was 10 X, I would never shut up about YouTube premium. It's all <laughs> we're talking about. And it's true of every creator on the platform. And they missed the fucking boat because they wanted to be a fucking music streaming service and be on mm -hmm. TVs all the time. And I'm like, you could and, have been and, the next thing, but you decided to be the old thing. Mm -hmm. And and that's that right there is what's insane is because here we they wanted their original content. They're like, hey, we can do all these series and we can do all this other stuff and we can become the Netflix yeah. when they didn't look at, okay, what's their biggest, like, what would you say their biggest asset is? And I would look at is the content creators because they're the yeah. ones that are actually moving people, moving the world. Yeah. And for us, I know that you've talked about it. I know I've talked about it. Like, it just makes sense that Google should have had Google Wallet attached to YouTube, which they do, mm -hmm. but have a shopping system mm -hmm. that you can sell anything and they could compete with Amazon. I was like, like why, seriously, why, like, why don't you have, why don't, why didn't you vertically integrate merch? And why would you work with Teespring and give them all yeah. that value instead of doing it yourself? You're Google. Like, you can, like, yeah. you can, you have so much money to sort of like sitting around. You don't even pay a dividend. Like, just fucking spend the money. Do something interesting. Like, yeah, go, go buy. Yeah, like or or just like 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 franchise out and roll up every print shop in America and turn them into franchisees and like ah, uh, it like it would be cheap. It'd be so easy, and they could do it better than Teespring, and it could be nicer, mm -hmm. and it could 
makes so much money for people. Like the 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 YouTube Premium is it remains one of the most infuriating things for me that I, that like I don't make more money from YouTube Premium, which is it. Yeah, people are spending a lot of money, and not a lot of it's going to creators. Agreed. Mm -hmm. well, I think I think something interesting happened on Instagram just recently, and um, they did an app update. Everybody was freaking out about it because now there's shopping involved yeah. in the app. Um, I think this is a really, really good play oh, yeah. uh, with any creator, right? Like any creator out there, there's a really good play when you can bring a shop into that social experiment mm -hmm. um, and make it really easy for someone not have to leave the platform and they can do it right in integrated. I mean, I think that's going to really give Instagram a leg up here mm -hmm. um, as, as content creators start leveraging that. And there's some case studies that people go, Oh, maybe I should do that. Yeah. 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 I, I, the next wave of innovation happens from the creators of mm. them investing and, and problem solving and figuring out, okay, how how can this get better? And how how can this yeah. you know, be something that's more serving to to the creator community? Because you know, obviously, there's a lot of red tape, and 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 every organization that's as big as the top platforms that are part of like what you, what, what's the abbreviation for a thing um, yeah. across Facebook, Amazon, um, um, Alphabet, and and um, it's one of those things where it's going to have to be innovative uh, from 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 a very entrepreneurial perspective. And, and I think we're going to see a lot more things coming down the path, but it's one of th th this very, um, um, uh, I mean, what we're discussing right here is one of the main reasons why we um, decided to acquire TubeBuddy. Um, that was a platform that was out there that is doing whatever it can to be able to help creators grow their channels. And build up. Now let's stop. Let me stop right there, real quick. Yeah. And Hank, yeah, they do lifetime affiliate. I, 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 <laughs> I, I hope it doesn't change, Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, this is the thing. Nothing, nothing is going to change. Um, you know, the the. I mean, what we're going to try to look at is how we can enhance it with deep learning and AI and make things more accurate and even more effective. But nothing's going to change. But there's going to be a lot of opportunity on how um, you know there can be a platform that can be very helpful in making predictions on how many views you get or how many subscribers you get from a video go live with or how you can truly leverage from live streaming. But um, when it comes to you know, a platform answering all these questions and, and, and having a solution to everything, I don't think it'll just, it'll just never happen. That's not, that's not human nature and that's not a, the nature of a, a, a huge organization. So, there's going to be a lot of fun. We're seeing this decentralization of content and seeing more artists on the rise and creators on the rise. You know, we're going to see a lot of fun stuff happen with tech. I hope so. I am more skeptical than you. Uh, so, so in terms of like viewing, I think that we'll see a, a, a ton of useful stuff in terms of uh, leveraging existing audiences, assisting creators in, in their creation and in their businesses that that world is is rightfully finally exploding and should be exploding helping creators make money and helping to build their businesses helping to connect with their audiences but ultimately th there is like i make content on youtube because it's where the audience is i make content on tiktok because it's where the audience is it's very difficult to ha like to get creators to make stuff in a place where they won't be getting as much audience now it's 
Nebula is showing that it's possible to get creators to make stuff, even if it's not going to get a ton of views, if it's also going to make them a bunch of money. And then later they'll be able to use it on, on another platform, you know, six months or a year afterward. Um, and so stuff like that, like, I think, I think is smart. And, and Nebula is like, unsurprisingly, the, the first sort of like good move into this space came from the educational video space where I think people recognize that they get a lot of value from channels like that. They are on average wealthier. And so they, they have the money to pay for a, an extra subscription. And also like the creators are savvy and like want to like, like are willing to work together to, to make a, to make better money. Um, and, uh, and so like you have this nebula sort of like this, I, I think I could be wrong that Nebula will reign this little enclave of like ways to, to it's like an, a monetary engine for, for educational video creators. Um, and then it, it's, it's a little bit crowdfunding and a little bit streaming service. And I think mm -hmm. that like, you'd be foolish to not think that that crowdfunding element exists, that a lot of people just sign up just to help their favorite creators. And, uh, but like all of the content that's on there also gets free eventually. And yeah. so like it, 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 it has to, it kind of almost for, for me, I could, it, I could just be me. It's very hard to make content that's going to reach fewer people because my ultimate goal isn't money. It's reaching more people. And the, the and sure. that's not like a, like a selfless thing because the ultimate value, the ultimate currency is not money. It's attention. And that's real. And that's not like a, that's not like a feeling I have. This is like where we are at in society now. Do you feel like there's a chance that, you know, there could be like a hybrid of like a Patreon um, crowdfunding and, and, and um, content creation platform that's maybe powered by blockchain? I, have, I mean, do you feel uh, like blockchain is going to be one of those things that could be potentially more empowering for creators to be able to do what they want? Um, I have no idea. For, to me, the 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 main um, the main value of blockchain is just uh, costless transaction, um, which is important because uh, you know that five percent that gets or or ten percent that gets eaten up by like all the different transaction costs can be is a can be a really big number. So so there's value in that. Um, as far as like it, like. And that's, I guess, blockchain is kind of the the best slash only way to do costless transactions. So, so that may be, um, that may there may be a lot of value there. Um, but I don't know. Like, like I tend to, to I, I feel as if um, so. There's sort of the uh, the the innovation curve where it's like the, the hype cycle, where it's just like the hype gets very high and then it then it like it drops and then like way, way after the fact, we realize, oh, there are some applications to this technology. I feel like the 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 height of the blockchain hype cycle was so high that I still feel like it's coming down and we do not actually know what it will be useful for. But right. It will be useful for something eventually. But right now it's just like, I think it's still on the, I think it's still on, it's on the tail end. It's on the other side of if the it, hype. If curve, it's useful, but it's, I think it's going to be like, you know, how, you know, AI and deep learning and machine learning are going to be relevant. They're going to be behind the scenes and they're going to, yeah. you know, things happen, but it's not going to be about the technology. It's going to be about yeah. the purpose. 
Sure, sure. I, I do think, though, we have to look at, you know, just the average viewer, the average person, if they don't even know what it is and they're like, oh, they're still skeptical or whatever, mm -hmm. you got to have that adoption for anything to grow. You really yeah. do. Like, yeah. it has to get that far where it's solidified enough that they understand what it is. And so that you're doing it. It's like I went up to my mom's house uh, a couple months ago and she had her iPad out, you know, looking how to change the doorknob. I'm like, mom, what are you doing? You got like a bazillion kids. Like one of us could come do it. And like, oh, I didn't want to bother you, but I knew I could find it on YouTube. I can find anything on YouTube. But that's that's the whole point is when you have that adoption by the common person, then it's like, okay, they understand what it's for. Now, my mom only uses YouTube for to do how to. Um, and there's other people that use it for entertainment and some other things from there. Yeah. But to do something like blockchain and it just like there's you could go and survey 100 people and walk down any any city. And are you going to get 1% of the people that even know what that is? Yeah. Like, they might have not, an, but yeah. that's why it can't be about the tech. It has to be about the convenience and the purpose of the platform. And then the tech mm -hmm. is going to be behind the scenes that maybe one day it makes a difference. Like, for example, Daryl, you know, we were part of a project that, you know, um, um, that crowdfunded and ended up being very, very successful. I mean, is it possible that that could happen where like a, a JJ Abrams or a Christopher Nolan, we've talked about this, you know, on the podcast before, where they could go out and say, Hey, I want to make this happen. I don't want any help from any studio or um, TV network, help me and support me on this platform. And then as a result, if it's successful, you make a return as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that happened. Yes, uh, like I am. I am interested in this. It is also something that is that that use case. I think would probably raise some eyebrows at the SEC, and they'd be mm -hmm. like, "That seems like stocks. That seems like let's just put it, let's just put it out there. We did do that. We had to get approval with the Securities yeah. Exchange Commission mm -hmm. to do that we, to we, take public money. Yeah. We do have our, uh, our, an audit that happened several times. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes. so you always have regulation. Work out well, really well. Tech help make that happen even better. Yeah. And like, I think that it, it, in a case like this, well, I don't know, like, it's just hard to say what I what I am excited about is, I think that there should be subscriptions that give people more power over how their subscription money, like what happens to the money once they subscribe. So like, I, yeah, I think that if I was if I'm a YouTube premium subscriber, I should be able to tip videos, like it's stupid that I can't just give me another, like the way that Reddit works. This is so smart that I can like tip a comment. And I can say like, good job on that comment. And Reddit gets paid for that. That's a great system. I think that like in a, in a YouTube, in a, like a YouTube world that the creator should get paid for that as well. But like, it makes, it makes perfect sense to me. Like I shouldn't, it shouldn't just be thumbs up. Like there should be a second button there. That's like, this person loved this so much that they gave it five cents. And so did 20,000 other people. And that was a big deal for this creator. Why not? Yeah. That would be so cute and fun and weird and like <laughs> instead of this like okay we're going to turn youtube into a more and more passive system for content consumption which is like the decision that they made and i don't i don't know how well, any of that, but like, i know we're not going to conquer everything today <laughs> no, but we have like, like we have like 20 but I do, I do have one last question. It's a question that Ricky and I ask every every guest that comes on. 
what are you the most excited about, you know, with technologies? What, what's, what are you most excited about with platforms or anything that's disrupting the industry right now? I'm really excited that the, the barriers to creation continue to get lower. It's easier and easier to make, but it's also easier and easier to build businesses. So like, as I was just saying, attention remains the currency, but what do you do with that attention when you have it? And the traditional thing is to sell it to somebody else. I think that as it gets easier to create direct-to-consumer businesses, to create service businesses, to create subscription businesses, that uh, that creators will be able to build businesses with the attention that they have, businesses that they own or that they own a portion of. So maybe it's not 100% ownership. Maybe there's some venture capital. Maybe there's some technologists who are also like co-founders with you. But as the tools to create those systems, direct-to-consumer is much easier with Shopify now. Subscription is much easier with Memberful and Patreon and et cetera. Like the, and even like there are even, you know, I think Vimeo for a while, I don't know if this still exists, had a service that allowed you to sort of create your own over-the-top service. Um, that all these things sort of like come together to help creators build businesses that um, will continue to thrive even after their influence wanes, which happens and like the, the ideal situation is that like the, there is value outside of yourself because you can't scale an individual. We only have 24 hours in every day. You can scale a business where you have people helping you make your products, whether that's like a fun hammock that you've designed, a merch brand, an event, a book or um, a series of books, all that stuff that this like, um, you know, like, saying to creators, you are not just a creator, you have the opportunity to use this influence and, and attention that you have to create something that will add value to the world. What is that? And how can we make it real? I think that there are a lot of people who should be in the business of providing that very service for creators, uh, whether it's direct like one-to-one -one relationships, the way that a traditional agent or manager would have that relationship and taking a cut and like a sort of business manager person. Um, or if it's software, like software as a service that's coming and saying, like, we will help you build your membership platform. We will help you sell your, your um, course. We will help you, um, you know, build a new product that you can then sell through Shopify, like a physical item. All of those things, like, I, I find that very exciting. I think that that's, that's like something that people need to have their eyes very open to because it's the opportunity that the, that's going to come along to the ones who are paying attention that will be missed by the ones that aren't. Wow. Well, thank you. Hank, thank you so much for uh, coming on uh, with us today. You got my um, and you have a new book like, like, out, right? <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. We really appreciate it, Hank. Thank you so much. I mean, it's yeah, such an really honor good. to have you here. Um, next time, we're going to have more debates. So we're going to we're going to invite you again next year. Okay. There you okay. go. Totally. Me, me and Daryl usually get in a fight on this podcast, and it didn't happen. We we do. I can tell you. But thanks, thanks uh, for coming. Thank you, Ricky. Thank you, everyone. And make sure you follow, subscribe, or whatever you need to do. You know what to do. We'll see you guys on the next podcast. Thank you. Bye, everybody.